0: But I do just want to go back, and y'all can throw in anything here that you want to along the way. Uh, But, of course, we talked about the book in general, what, you know, the theme behind it, who the author was, and all that good stuff. So, um, And we talked a little bit about Solomon and his background. Uh, We talked about his great wealth and riches, and I was thankful that Jim, his sermon Sunday, just really, you know, drove that home, I think and just kind of help with this class to see who we're really dealing with. You know, it's just not your average person that we're dealing with. So um, just how rich and powerful and well-known and full of knowledge and wisdom uh, that Solomon was. Um, and that being the person that really just went out there and just did anything and everything that his heart desired, anything he saw or anything he felt, anything he wanted, he did it. He just went for it. You know, he, he either got it himself or somebody brought it to him. Um, we talked a little bit about his parents. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go there again. We also discussed that he was a king over Israel, right, for how many years? Forty years. Um, for 40 years. Uh, and that's First Kings chapter 11. We can find that. Um, and then we also talked about how, you know, the part that I, I think is pretty cool too is how he gained his wisdom. So he... You know, ask the Lord, or the Lord asked him, you know, what, what can I do for you? What do you want? And he pretty much said, wisdom, you know, to lead your people. So that pleased God, obviously. So he blessed him with great wisdom and way more, you know, as far as fortune and then the fame that comes along with it and all the, the goods there. But, as we mentioned, things went a little off rail there for a little bit, right? There towards the end of his life, Um Real quick, can somebody does somebody remember or remind us what happened there? Went along with the thing, all the things that they uh, wanted him to do, and then ultimately started worshiping idols, you know, uh, just to please his wives. So then we find out, and that's kind of where we get to the book of Ecclesiastes. So we know and we talked about how the book was written, pretty much, you know who I am, you know my background, you know my father. And, hey, I was the king of Jerusalem for 40 years. So he's kind of throwing some red- credentials out there, just saying exactly uh, who he is. And, hey, you might want to listen to me. I know a thing or two, right? <clears throat> so then we jump to verse 2. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All thing- Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So this is pretty much Solomon saying this is the greatest vanity, right? I mean, he repeated it. Vanity of vanities. Uh, kind of like almost saying whole, the holy... All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. So there's a lot said here, but it's almost saying the same thing over and over, if you can kind of catch a theme there. So it says, one generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. And they use several examples, the the author here, as far as the sun, the wind, uh, the rivers. You know, he's observing all the things in nature, right, that go on every day. Sun up, sun down, here's what goes on every day uh, that he's observed. And it's like an unending cycle, right, of nature. Kind of, I think you've used this example, Jim, it's kind of like the water table. Uh, You're talking about evaporation and condensation and uh, then precipitation and then the runoff. And then it just kind of all starts over again, right? just a never-ending cycle, how we get our rain, and then it runs back into the seas and rivers, and guess what? You know, it builds back up, and it it rains, and it keeps going over and over. So in these verses, Solomon is pretty much saying or showing the endless life cycle um, of these things. But then he he mentions this, you know, does not bring real meaning uh, to man's experience, right? Um, they show amazing things that goes on on this earth. I mean, if you look at any of those, yeah, they're very amazing. Uh, There's nothing that man can do, obviously. Um, but it's stuff that goes on over and over, year after year, day after day, uh, as time passes on. Uh, any comments on that? Anything you want to add to that? Even here. I know. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more tonight. And we actually spoke on that a little bit last time. Where it mentions like one generation passes, it's like <laughs> one's coming through the door and another one's checking out. You know, we're just kind of passing in the middle somewhere. And, you know, Jim's right. And like I said, we're, we're going to see that it's soon forgotten. You know, you think you're always going to remember something or somebody. You don't. Let a generation or two pass and they won't even remember who you are and what you did. You know, uh, I was listening to the radio yesterday and it was. I don't know who the preacher was, but he just said something that was kind of interesting to me. He mentioned that there's kind of cycles that go on. And he said, and I don't know where they got these numbers or studies, but he mentioned like every 50 years, we kind of like reset. Not really history repeats itself every 50 years, but every 50 years, kind of like a generational thing where one, don't remember what happened before them, So there's kind of like a little miss right there in the middle. And you're going to see that. I'm going to bring that out again tonight. That's why we don't learn anything. Why do we keep doing the same things over and over, generation after generation, when there's folks that's already done it and wrote about it and telling us, but we still don't figure it out. We're hard-headed. We still got to, yeah, I know more. I know better. I'm going to try it. You know, I, I, I can figure this out, but. Uh, we know that's not the case. Any other comments? And to your point, that's like you said, Solomon, he tried to leave plenty of mark, <clears throat> but if it's not according to God's will or his word, like you said, that's it's not a mark at all, you know. Definitely it's not going to be remembered. Jeff? And it's funny, too, what cost did it take to get that 15 minutes of fame for a lot of people, too, you know. Unfortunately, it's... You know, they, they uh, look away or they, you know, the things they do to get that is definitely unbiblical. And like I said, it don't last. The next guy's already kicking you to the curb. Julie? Yeah, and of all people, you know, he changed the world as far as technology and cell phones. And, I mean, I guarantee you every nine out of ten people in here has an iPhone in their pocket, not me. I'm a rebel. I still got my Android. But <laughs> Good point, though. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go on to, uh, let's read a few more verses here. Starting in verse 8, we'll read, um, let's just read 8 through 11, I guess. Uh, Going to be speaking a little bit about the unending cycle of man's labor at this point. All right, verse 8, all things are full of labor, man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the eye filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be, that which is done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. We pretty much just said those same things right before we read it, right? Um, in a nutshell, all things are full of labor, man cannot express it. Um, and it was evident during Solomon's time what he was trying to do. Everything that he saw, uh, everything that he heard, all the laboring. Everything that he'd done, was he, was he ever satisfied? Still not satisfied. What about today? Is this true for us today? You know, we're never satisfied, right? You see something, you want to see more. You, there's something good, you want more of it. Um, you hear something, you, you, it's just always more. I think Jimmy even made mention this Sunday. You make money, and guess what? I want to make more money. We're never content and satisfied, typically, with what we have. Uh, always wanting more. Always wanting more. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. So despite all the man's work, right, and all the progress that we've made, and all the progress we've made through uh, life, things seem the same, right? Things really hadn't changed, if you think about it. Um, Things that seem great, uh, they seem to, you know, if you get something new, how long does it take for it to turn old? Uh, you know, not very long. Things, things, slightest little thing goes wrong, then it's, you know, whatever. It's old. Uh, it just proves there's really nothing new under the sun. And I don't know if you've probably heard the saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You ever heard that? Um, I tell you, like you get a new boss at work, and you're so thankful that, or you want a new boss, and you finally get a new boss, and then what does soon happen after that? What do you realize? Same as the new boss. Yeah, he's like the old boss, man. Where's my old boss? This guy's no better. You know, he still expects me to show up for work on time. You know, <laughs> do my run my reports and whatever. But yeah, he turns out to be the same as the old boss. The boss, you know, is a boss. Um, And I've changed jobs in the past, and like I'm sure many of you have, and you're thinking, man, if I can get out of here and get to this new place, the people are going to be better. They can't be near as bad as these old, you know, mean people here where I'm working. My boss is going to be better. Things have got to be better. And then again, you show up for work, and what do you find out? It happens to me every single time, even this last time. <laughs> you show up for work, it's a different different company, different name on the sign. You may be offering a different service or a different product, whatever. But in the end, it's the same old story. Same old story, same problems, same everything. Uh, nothing's, nothing's different. It's always the same. Um, history always tends to repeat itself due to man forgetting what we've learned correct yeah we always forget what we've learned yeah no and that's true and that's and i'm guilty i've got caught up in that before thinking it's gonna be different this time you know i don't care what you tell me or what you say it's gonna be different this time i can feel it it's not (laughs) same old same old (laughs) good comments anything else all right, let's jump on to uh, chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, verses 12 uh, through 15. 12 through 15, searching by wisdom, going shift. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I set my heart to seek out and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven, this burdensome task God has given to the sons of man which they may be exercised. I have seen all the works that are under the sun, and indeed, all is vanity and grasping for the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be numbered. So again, here uh, he just, I guess, re-emphasizing. Look, I, the preacher, was king over Israel uh, in Jerusalem. Um, we've talked about you know King Solomon. He was internationally <laughs> known. Uh, we, we, we've talked about the great power that he had and how people would come from way, way off, you know, just to hear him speak. Uh, we talked about all the proverbs and all the, uh, the songs and all the different writings that he did and people, you know, how good he must've been as a speaker for people to come so far off to listen to him. Um, so we know he was known for his great wisdom. Um, and if anybody, again, could could find this, it was going to be King Solomon, right? I mean, he was going to be the man for the job. And we talked about, you know, his great wisdom. Obviously, that was from God. I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. Um, so with his unique ability, um, you know, one that had it all, you would say he definitely had a unique ability to make such a search. Um, He searched for answers using his wisdom, okay? He searched for things uh, with wisdom. And when I say wisdom, of course, we're talking about human wisdom, right? Wisdom that he could use basically under the sun. You know, that was his human wisdom. Um, I set my heart to seek and to search out all that is done under heaven. So he said, I set my heart. Um, So he was committed, right? I mean, that's like an unwavered commitment. To find this, you know, I set my heart to seek and to search out all that is done under uh, heaven. Um, so and of course, as you probably are aware, under heaven, that's just another way of saying what at this point, under the sun, yeah, it's just another way of saying under the sun, anything under heaven? Uh, all of man's works, our accomplishments and searching for wisdom, all seems for nothing under the sun. This burdensome task God gave, has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. So God has built a system, right? I mean, we have a system that we run off of um, where life seems meaningless, right? It can a lot of times really seem meaningless uh, to us. Uh, You know, vanity, I guess you could say, without the understanding of what. Everything is vanity and meaningless without what. The understanding of God, right? Our understanding of, our, of a living and active God. Um, at the same time, uh, it says this is a burdensome task, okay? Um, now, it's not always easy to struggle through and define these because we, a lot of times we let our own selfishness, uh, our own pride, right, gets in the way of what we're trying to accomplish and to get in our way of finding uh, these things. Then it says, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking uh, cannot be numbered. What does that mean? Yep. And that's what I, what I, you know, no matter how intelligent you are, or not how intelligent you think you are, you know, how far we've came even through the years and the things that we've discovered and the, the things that we think we know how to do, knowing all of that, um, there's still... A lot of things that we're never going to be able to do, right, under the sun. Uh, there's still th- some things that our human wisdom is not going to allow us to do. That wisdom's going to come from God. There's a point that you're, we're going to reach, like Jim said, and that there's, you know, you can't change that. It is what it is. God's the one that. Well, I just mentioned as far as, like, a burden, like the burdensome task that... Um, how it's not always easy to find or to realize and how we let our own selves get in our way a lot of times due to, like, stubbornness or pride or s- selfishness. That's kind of how I... I don't know if you want, anybody wants to add to that. I it's tied into what was just... Like I said, it's, I don't remember if it's the end of chapter 1 or getting in verse chapter 2. It's going to talk about that a little bit, about the more you know the more you almost wish you didn't know how burdensome that is. Uh, Jeff? Hamster on that wheel. Man, that's exactly it. No, that's what I was sitting here thinking because we talked about that before. I was just, it's funny you said that because I was sitting here looking at Jeff thinking about a hamster running in a wheel, getting off of it, going in the corner and dying, and then another hamster jumping on the wheel. I was thinking, man, that's like us. Wanna run until he dies, and then there's another hamster jumping on the wheel, and they don't even remember about the yeah. poor guy. One man states why the the under-the-sun thinker is so frustrated. It is because there are twists, what is crooked, and gaps, what is lacking, and all thinking. No matter how the thinker ponders, he cannot straighten out life's anomalies nor reduce all he sees to a neat system. Pretty much what we just said. He sees all of it. He realizes what's going on, but he also realizes, you know, all the things that are crooked and the gaps and all, ain't nothing he can do about it. He can't change it. There's nothing he can do to change it. All right, let's jump on to the last couple verses here, 16, or last three, 16 through 18. I communed with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness and have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. For a much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I know it was going to be right there somewhere at the end of this chapter. So he says, I commune with my heart. And that's natural, right? I mean, us as humans... When we think of something or look at something or attempt something, a lot of times we're going to look within ourselves, right? We're going to look within our own, our own heart and our own soul, but, um, you know, that's the human perspective there. What should we uh, be doing? How should we be looking at this? We should be looking inward, right? As towards Christ, for our wisdom, uh, instead of... Uh, Internally, inside of ourselves, we should be looking towards Christ, you know, for our uh, eternity. I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. What's folly mean? Steve? Foolishness. Foolishness. Good, Steve. I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this also is grasping for the wind. Um... So the, his ultimate search, repeated search for wisdom, it really brought no, uh, no ultimate meaning, right? Uh, the, the solution wasn't to actually think harder or to search harder. Um, again, he says it was all just grasping for the wind. Um, so, Solomon set out to explore all that is done under the sun. All right. For a much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. So this is what we talked about just a minute ago. The more the preacher understood about life under the sun, what happened? The greater his, what, his despair. Uh, The more he learned, the more he learned what he didn't know. More disappointment, absolutely. Um, We talk about that at work several times. You know, you're always trying to figure out, there's always that pie chart, things you know, things you don't know. And then there's that big piece on the pie chart of what the things that you, that you don't know that you don't know. And you got to realize that piece of it, you know. There's an awful lot that we don't know. You know, we might think we know everything, but uh, we don't. And then, like Mike said, the more we know and the smarter we get and the more educated we think we are, I mean, look at Solomon. I mean, he, he had it all, right? Great wisdom from God. And what did he determine? You know, the more he knew, uh, the more sorrow he was. So so long as wisdom is restricted to the realm under the sun, it sees the throbbing noise of creation, life scurrying round its ever repetitive circuits, and nothing more. The more you understand, the more you ache. <laughs> the more you know, the more you realize how bad it is, Ignorance flips. huh? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sometimes I tell you what it's—you get to a point where you're like, man, I, I really don't want to know that because <laughs> now I got to deal with it. But uh, good comments. Anything else? I was going to jump into chapter two, but I mean it's right on the money on time, right? All right. We'll go ahead and stop there. Thank y'all very much and we'll we'll jump in and try to get through uh chapter 2 next week. Thank you.